Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. What's up, guys? Hello, hello. Good morning. It's good to see you. My name is Ashton Lorian. I am a minister in training here at City Life Lansing, and it is probably these past couple years have been some of the best of my whole entire life, uh, getting the honor to serve here. And uh, we have some of the coolest leaders in the world, not just Jerome and Crystal, but so many others um, that are just pouring into this place in order for us to be able to pour out into each other and our city. And um, shout out to you guys for giving space for individuals like myself, a young man, to be able to, you know, like work out his gifts and, uh, and through all the kinks and the grace. And so thank you guys so much. It is a blessing and a privilege to call this place our home, City Life. So... If you don't know, like I said, Ashton Lorraine, I'm on the cusp of marriage, uh, T-minus 13 days till I get booed up to that lady right there. She is gorgeous. All right, don't look too long. Uh, no, we are so excited. We're around the corner, and um, it's, a, it's a fun season. I feel like I grow with God in a unique way uh, from just being on the, the brink of marriage. It's, it's, it's really, really, really cool. So it's at the forefront of my brain. So don't, so if I have the, you know, the analogies and the illustrations that have to do with marriage, please give me grace. It's my season. Um, 24 years old, trying to get married. But as a church, we have some material to go through, okay? We are in the We Are series, this We Are series is our goal and our, our objective is to be able to say, hey, remember on, um, in May when we had our Vision Sunday, we didn't necessarily come out with like, yo, this is our vision for the year, right? We said, hey, we are. We're gonna, our job, our goal is to try and build up our body our, of believers here, our church, to tell you more about who Jesus is, who the church is, who City Life is, and what God's trying to do here in Lansing through our church at City Life. There's technical errors. If you want to pray right now on behalf of, uh, you know, the blood of Jesus Christ, because the enemy has no way here, um, we're going to bow our heads. We're going to pray. And if I got an um, um, audible, I'll go to this mic and we'll do it like the Crusades or something like that. It'll be awesome. So let's bow our heads. We're going to pray. We're going to get into this. Jesus, thank you for today. Um, Lord, I pray that the tech runs smoothly. Thank you so much for a team that literally handles every single kind of curveball. We have the best team on planet Earth. Jesus, I pray today that people feel encouraged, inspired, and, 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 and just poked alive to love you more and more every day. God, I pray every single word um, that people hold on to, Jesus, is, 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 is from you. Have your way today. We love you. Amen. So, yes, we're in We Are. And Jerome just crushed it last week talking about purposes and um. And, and so he just crushed it last week talking about purposes and uh, our purpose, the purpose that God's given us. And today we're opening up the segment, Passions. Ashton, athletic Ashton, with a passion for Jesus was happening, was my Kid City character given to me. Um, I have a passion for Jesus. I love the word passion. It's in my identity statement. I'm, I want to be remembered as a man who was zealous for the king and enthusiastic for his bride, the church. I don't want to just be the only one that's passionate, though. City life is really passionate. Passions are core to me. Passions are core to city life. And I would objectively say that a beautiful attribute and adjective to describe Jesus is passion, passionate. So at City Life here, we got 11 passions. 
We got all of these awesome ones. You see everything from we work, rest, and play. We got living is giving. That's right. You guys were just tithing. Shout out to you guys. We got the future is the youth, kid city department, discipleship, everyone. These, these passions that you see, these aren't just words. They aren't just things on a screen, but rather they're something that actually helps us align our life to live like. You'll see, it's kind of like, you might say, Ashton, why, why say passions? I don't understand that language. Passions are kind of like, if city life was to serve food, these would be the ingredients you would see most commonly found throughout the dishes we serve. Whether that's in Kid City, you'll see obviously an emphasis on the youth. Whether that's through the creative videos you'll get to watch, you see there's a level of dream that's within it. You'll see that throughout the Connect department, we're passionate about the church, and you see we want to work out as best as we can to connect to the one that the worship is trying to provide an experience that's communicating in, in the message of always Jesus. Our job, our goal here is to try and communicate a message that, hey, we're passionate, and we're passionate about a few things. When we think of the word passionate, the man that comes to my mind is Jesus, always passionate. Now, his passion might have looked a little, might have looked a little bit different than yours and mine, but he displayed a passion for this world that was unlike you and I probably could ever, ever reflect. He was so good at it. And you might say, hey, Ashton, okay, is this in substitute of our statement of faith? By no means. We actually do have a statement of faith, and if you're looking to find that, go ahead. It's in the vision mag. Um, you can check it out. There's a link that goes towards our website. It's the um, citylifelancing.com forward slash statement of faith. So you can check that out in the vision mag if you want to read that. And you might like, I like the statement of faith because the statement of faith is essential. I'm a Moody student. Moody is a Bible institute that's in Chicago. And uh, I'm heading up. I'm about to graduate in a year from there with a Bible degree, which is awesome. And, uh, and I get the honor to really work through a lot of doctrine. I'm, I'm, I write probably too much. And it's working out all these kinks and these, you know, ways to communicate it. And it's really special. And I like because statements of faith is an awesome thing to have a, have a shared belief amongst one another. But passions is a cool way to kind of lead the conversation. Passions are fun because it invites our friends and our families together to say, hey, yo, what, what are you guys about? Man, we're passionate about Jesus. We're passionate about the church. We're passionate about this. We're passionate about that. And it helps lead the conversation in a powerful way. So today we're going to be focused on four specific ones. The first one, always Jesus. The second one is going to be the, um, I'm blanking on the moment, but I know it, I promise. God's word. There you go. I just want to do it in the wrong order. God's word. And then the third one is his church. And the fourth one is discipleship. So let's start with always Jesus. Why do we start with this one? Is a great question to be asked. Jesus was a member of humanity. He was born in a town of Bethlehem 2,000 some years ago. This Jesus was a human who had similar interactions to you and I. He had loved ones close to him who had lost their lives. Jesus was someone who interacted with annoying personalities Jesus was someone who experienced hot days and cool evenings. Jesus was a member of humanity. Yet Jesus was a little bit different than just any member of humanity. Jesus was also God. Jesus was 100% man, 100% God, one and the same. And he had a specific role as God. He was God's one and only son. He had an identity, he had a role. I think Paul explains Jesus' 
Jesus says why, the reason he was here, and what he did better than most of us can, I can explain. And actually, um, we read it today in our Dream Team rally, but it's Colossians 1, 16 through 20. It reads this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of the God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Hold up three fingers for me. So fun fact, my finger right here doesn't work, so I, always, I can only do this. I can't bend it, if you didn't know. Fun fact. You can tell me your fun fact in the hallway. But mine doesn't bend. So I like to say, hold your three fingers up. This finger right here represents, hey, Jesus lived. And he lived a life that you and I couldn't and died a death that you and I should have. Jesus bore this punishment because of this thing called sin. Sin. It's gross. It's ugly. And we all have partaken in it. Sin. It's where we've missed the mark from connecting with God. It separated us from his glory. And Jesus lived in that world with sin that was introduced from our friends Adam and Eve way, way long ago. But he lived. He breathed. I don't want to go into details. I don't know if he, I guess he had to use the restroom. I don't really want to think about that. But he probably did because he's human. But he's God. He lived. And then he died. Second finger, he died. He bore the punishment. He took that sin that you and I have done, that we're doing, that that we're going to do, and he took it to the grave. Jesus did on the cross. And he said, Tetelestai. It's finished. He took it there, and he died. And then I, um, as a child, my mom let me pick the, uh, my Gmail, and I got to pick my name, and it was WWE Ashton at gmail.com. I loved WWE. I love WWE. I don't watch it as much anymore, but Jesus took it to the grave, and then as there's a character named The Undertaker where he would get taken out, Every single time, every, every WrestleMania, anywhere you went, he would get taken out, and then he'd, he'd do like a sit-up that was really fast, and the gong would play, and my chills would run down my spine. I'd be so excited because he's about to choke slam somebody. And why do I share that at church on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? Because our Savior, Jesus Christ, did that same thing to sin and death. He conquered it. It's a funny illustration, but I think it communicates the truth that which God did is when everybody thought it was over. Man, I thought the guy that was supposed to come save the day, third finger, he rose and he conquered death and made a way for you and I to be united. Jesus united God and humanity and made them one in order to do this thing, not just for the rest of our lives, but for eternity, an eternal relationship because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So why always Jesus? Why those words? Because everywhere we go, Jesus is the reason. He's the answer. Why not take shortcuts at work? Why not? Why not? Why get married? Because always Jesus. He's worth it. 
always Jesus. Switch it up. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Check, check, check. I promise you I actually wanted to do this. This is actually my joy. Let's go. We're here. Come on. So, yes, always Jesus. Always Jesus. Those words are so specific because it's always Jesus no matter what. Why be in a city like Lansing where the crime rate is not on the decline but rather the contrary? Always Jesus. Why get close to people when we don't know tomorrow and my heart could be hurt? Always Jesus. Always Jesus. Always Jesus. So if you ask City Life, hey, man, what are you passionate about? Hey, number one is always, always, always Jesus. Always Jesus. We are unashamedly passionate about the King, Jesus Christ. Let's go. Yeah, baby. Passion's number two. God's word. God's word. John 1, verses 1 through 2 reads this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. See, Jesus and the word are one and the same. The word, which by the word, if you don't know what I'm referring to, it is the Bible, the scriptures, the 66 book, the 66 books that are connected in one book, the Bible. Whoa. The Bible, I promise you. No, the word is a vital tool to interact not only with Jesus, but also our daily lives. Check it like this. You have your Bible open. You interact with God. It's his word. It's who he is. It's living. It's breathing. It's a love letter, not only just written to individuals, but to you. So it's this connection, this interaction we get to have with Jesus, yet also it helps inform how we get to interact with our daily lives, with those we are in contact with. If you're engaged like me, how you interact with your fiance or how you interact with your environment, your coworkers, your family, your children. The word is this tool that allows us to interact with God and others. Yet you might say, hey, Ashton, how do we know that the word is real? How do I know that's true? Man, I heard there's multiple authors, all this, that. Man, I heard all these conspiracies. Cool, let's talk about it. I think that's a great question. I think the first place to start is, is Jesus real? Because if Jesus is real, he points to this book and he holds it to be true. He's always referencing the Old Testament all throughout his time. He's referring it as, man, you don't know this? You don't know this? To those that act like they know and to the others, he's, he's helping inform them of what they could know. He's holding it as to be true. I think the starting point is that, hey, if you think that, Je- I think the first point is say, hey, Jesus, is, is Jesus real? And I think that then informs our decision on, hey, do we believe in the text? Is that real? And what would be, I think, my argument to say, is Jesus real? 100%. He lived, he breathed. Give it up for Rayshon, bro. We got a serious team that's awesome. Because they serve here, because they love Jesus, they believe he's real. And they've had a real relationship with Jesus Christ that's impacting. They, they flesh this out through the word. That's the dream team. That's us. That's you. That's me. I think what's cool is, too, if you're, if you're familiar, if you don't know about this, they have these things called manuscripts. There's the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. These are things that help support the text as well. Um, that means, like, other copies that were written in, in light of this that, that were, you know, dated to the time. 
um, uh, uh, around when it was written or afterwards it was translated. And so there's all this proof that points to the text, that points to Jesus, him being the king who lived, who died, and who rose again. I think there's a personal sense that I love to, to talk to because I think sometimes, man, yeah, you can get lapped in the science conversation or you can get lapped in the, the, um, the factual conversation because you might not know all the facts or what year were the Dead Sea Scrolls found. And you might be like, what the heck are the Dead Sea Scrolls? Is that from the Pirates of the Caribbean? And it's like, I get it. It's okay. We literally don't even have to talk about it because I think what the important part is is that you know somebody or yourself even has, has had a real life experience, not only with Jesus, but with other people who love him. There's many times myself, I've read, I've read a scripture, I'm reading something, I come to church the next day, and the pastor's preaching a sermon that's like directly at my soul. I don't think that's coincidence. There's times where someone will text me in a moment where, you know, Monique and I are praying, and we're like, God, what's next? And someone says, praise with us, hey, we're praying for you on what's next. We're like, whoa, it's God. It's the Holy Spirit within us that's interacting through his word and through his people. But I want us to grow in that skill because it's a passion. I don't want to just be passionate about it. We all want to be passionate about it. So I'm going to put a a passage on the screen. We're going to take a couple minutes. You and me, we're going to take a couple minutes. Not really. It's only going to be a minute. And we're going to do something I think that's helpful when when, when interacting with the text. There's a couple words that start with an R. The first one is, where does it resonate with you? When you see a text, you say, how do I interact with this word? How do I interact with the Bible, Ashton? Where does it, where does it resonate with you? Ask that question. Man, that felt good. Or, man, this made me think of. Where do you, where do you find resistance? Ooh, this is challenging. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I agree with that. That's okay. You can ask those questions. It's an interaction. It's a relationship. What does this remind you of? And so what we're going to do is we're going to put a passage on the screen. We're going to be quiet for like a minute. And you're going to ask those questions. I'm going to read it once. You're going to sit there and you're just going to ask those questions to yourself. Where do I resonate with that passage? Where do I have a resistance with that passage? What does that passage remind me of? And then lastly, the awesome question, how can I live my life according to it? So if we can put that up real quick, it's Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So take 59 seconds now and ask yourself those questions. Where can you resonate? Where do you have resistance? And what does that remind you of? job. Now you might have this awesome holy moment. You're like, Ash, I felt the Lord. Or maybe you're like, dude, that was really awkward. And I might've had to fart the whole time and you didn't tell anybody. We're family. Stop acting like we not. We're passionate about God's word. 
Seriously. Because it's one and the same with Christ. And this tool is essential to growing in love and growing in a relationship with the King, Jesus, his word. So I encourage you, take that, take that little mini tool. Check out Bible Project. Check out, there's tons of resources to grow in the Bible and grow with Jesus through the Bible. So please, my encouragement is do so. And as we go into this, because we're family, we're talking about passion number three, the church. I love her. The church is dynamic. It's beautiful. Look to your left and right real quick. Just look real quick. I know. Man, Ashton's like so interactive. He keeps telling me what to do. Please. Everybody literally looks different. Everybody didn't grow up on your exact street. Literally everybody had maybe a two-parent household or maybe some people had a single-parent household or maybe people had a no-parent household. People grew up with Jima and people grew up with, you know, their uncle or whatever it may be. Like literally we all come from different places and different times and different races and different backgrounds. It's actually absurd. It's so dynamic. It's so beautiful. What I love about it is not only just in our, you know, what's, what's seen on the, the outside is different, yet also like the way in which our life goes, the ebbs and the flows. You know, in one breath, I'm getting married. We're getting married, excuse me. I'm not the only one. She is too. We're getting married. And we're getting championed and encouraged and supported in wonderful ways. Yet in another breath, there's individuals in this auditorium right now who may have lost someone close to them this past week. There's individuals in this auditorium right this moment, and it might be you, who's experiencing some level of pain. There's individuals in this auditorium who got the job promotion, and then there's individuals in this auditorium or online, I didn't forget about you, who are going through a rocky stage. And it's tough. And it's this dynamic, this both and all the time that's, I can't even understand, yet we get to do it together. And you might say when it comes to the church, it's being like, man, City Life is so passionate about the church. You might even come from a place where like the church hurt. I'm a younger individual, so I haven't had a million experiences with the church. Yet I was as a child, I wasn't, my mom and our family was removed from a church. And that was our intro as a child to Christianity. And, and, I, and, and as we grew up, you know, I mean, I had this bitterness and this frustration. And then a speaker at a camp one time said, hey, I think some people are looking at a perfect God, perfect God, through the lens of imperfect people. And it wrecked me. I was like, I'm biased. I've been looking at it wrong. I think what's important is to realize that the church necessarily is we have to shift this realization that the church isn't perfect people. It's not just necessarily a bunch of saints that are gathered. Now, yes, the, you know, um, the apostles would refer to each other as saints. You know, we're, we have that name, but that's because we have a blanket of grace over our lives. You and I have been hurt by somebody, correct? Yes or no? Yes. I've hurt somebody. Have you? I have. Yes. But Jesus isn't coming back for perfect people. He's coming back for his church. The band of misfits all throughout the world, not just in Lansing, all throughout the world that do their very best to represent Jesus in the mission that he has given them or for on our behalf, us. So passion three is this, the church. 
And the encouragement, the ask, the action item is be a part of it. Commit. Be a part of the people that Jesus is coming back for, his bride, the, say it with me, church. Okay. Passion number four. We're getting close to landing the plane here. And this is one of my favorites. It's called discipleship. It says right here that discipleship is more than a class. It's life on life. It's growing together in community. I like this. City life is here to make disciples. That's our dream. That's our goal. That's our prayer that heaven is in Lansing, that we can present a discipled region to Jesus Christ. We don't want to just make fans or just even converts. We want to make people that are discipled in Jesus Matthew 4, 19 through 22 reads this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Cool occupation. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, and Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Discipleship is more than a class. Discipleship can be, you know, maybe interchangeably used sometimes as, you know, apprenticeship or even, honestly, like that that, that internship kind of model. It's genuinely just growth. Discipleship is doing life closely with others who love Jesus. And Jesus was a pro at this from the very beginning. He led the way in this for all of us. And I think the story and the illustration I like to, to bring up, and I, was, I, was, I uh, asked to share the story, his name is Terry McCord. Terry McCord, a couple years ago, um, walked into City Life Lansing on a Tuesday evening and uh, into men's Bible group led by Ashton. And we're there. I see this guy. He's probably 18. I'm like, oh, what's up, man? And uh, we have a brief conversation, and I uh, figure out he likes to work out. I'm like, okay, come, I'll take you to the gym, bro. So now let's go to the gym. So we go to the gym. We start working out one, two, a couple times. And uh, we get around like the fifth or sixth one. I'm like, hey, we got to go drop this backpack off to a friend. And so he comes with me in the car, and I start asking him a couple of those like hard questions, circle of like, yo, how's your girl, man? Yo, how's relationship? How's life? How's work? How's this? And uh, he lets out the details. He's trying to move in with her. I'm like, yo, what? He's like, yeah, bro, but it's not like that. I was like, it's going to be hard not to be like that. I'm engaged. I get it. And he's like, and he's like so he starts, he alluded, and he's telling me the story. And uh, lo and behold, it was awesome. We were able to break the lease that they had. He moves in with me. He moves in, uh, the, the uh, Kevily moves in with another person. And uh, they end up, he ends up getting discipled. They end up getting engaged. And yesterday, they became the McCords. They got married. And if you see them, they might pop in for second service before they head over to their little honeymoon or whatever. But I think this what was so cool was like, man, it's not me. But it literally, like, you don't know where our life could be if it wasn't for God and for others to intervene and get in the way, in a good way. If you've met Terry, he's, he's easy to love. He's a joy to be around. He's literally fantastic. And so is Kevily. They're wonderful. But I think that's what's so powerful about discipleship because I think it's generally this thing that we have to understand. It's so special. It literally can change the world because it changes lives. 
It possesses the genuine ability to change the world, discipleship. So City Life Lansing is very passionate about what? Discipleship. So who could you disciple? Who could you invest in? How can you be passionate about discipleship? How could you, how could you, how could you take that in yourself? Who could that be for you? Who could you bring in? Now, does that mean you necessarily need to move someone in your crib? By no means. Maybe it looks like signing up for a group or signing up to serve on the dream team or checking out the block parties when they're next time in session or whatever it is that you can do. Kid City Camp. 15 huddle leaders. Seriously. But the ask is that you don't just let city life be passionate about this stuff. You don't just let a few of us be city, passionate about this. The reason why city life has these passions is because we want to encourage a movement that we're all on the same board, that we're all headed in the same direction. Ecclesia is a word that describes the church, and I've heard it translated as it's a, it's, a, it's a gathering of people pointed in the same direction. What would it look like if we were all passionate about Jesus, if we all were passionate about his word, if we all were passionate about his bride, the church, and if we all were passionate about discipleship? you might sit here and be like, Ashton, I am. Well, then keep on going, sister. Keep on going, brother, for real. Don't come down from doing a good thing. Our prayer is that you continue to be passionate, that you continue to be enthusiastic to see growth in our family, the church, that you are zealous about the king. But here's the crazy part as we land. I'm going to get out of the way. God's more passionate about this than any of us here. He loves harder than me. He loves harder than you. The person you love the most, he loves, more than, he loves more than you. But Jesus is passionate about people who haven't come home yet. So I'm asking for you guys to do me a favor. I'm going to need you guys to put your pens to the side. Okay, something's cool about to happen. You're like, what the heck is going on? Put your pens to the side. Get on the edge of your seats and direct your eyes to the screen. Check this out. It would be easy to talk about the gap and not about the gain. To look for a thousand reasons to leave. And not the one reason to stay. It would be easy to talk about how far we have to go and not how far we've come. It would be easy to run away or to turn a blind eye in the name of convenience. But love doesn't just run to, it stays. It hopes, it sees beyond the present moment for what could be, for what should be, for what will be. Love moves deeper, closer, in. It would be easy but easy is not what we signed up for. not what you see, 
It's how you see. Are you in? Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.